I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today is November. We know it's November. It's one of the last days of November. And Patrick, it's Match Week 13 recap. It's the last time we're going to be able to title our episodes by Match Week for a while because a December to remember is upon us. We're coming out of that turkey haze. We have equipment at the ready again. And Patrick, I think it's finally time to face the music. Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, the baby-faced assassin has officially been assassinated. The Glazers took aim and fired from the grassy knoll, and now our sweet Norwegian prince is no more. There's been much debate over whether Ollie leaves United in a better or worse place than when he found it, but people in life so often forget that it's about the ride, the way Ollie Ball made us all feel, the pure, unadulterated vibes. For every uncomfortable smile in a post-match interview following a loss, there was an incredible comeback victory. For every confusing hand gesture from the touchline, there was a smile and a wave to Sir Alex in the director's box. Ollie once said, the attacking philosophy is in the walls of Manchester United which, Patrick, I like to read as a National Treasure-style clue. So, now it's up to Ralph Rangnick, the guy before the guy, to honor Ollie and knock down every last piece of brick and cement in Old Trafford to find where Ollie hid the attacking philosophy. Whoa! Whoa! Solskjaer, born the 26th of February, 1973, in Christiansen Mor Og Ramsdale of Norway. Mm. He had a successful mm-hmm. career in Norway and then the Premier League. And then he tried to do that as a manager as well. Started in Norway, then to Cardiff, back to Norway. Maybe that was an ominous foreshadowing, because then when he came to Manchester United, It was a return that had its highs, James, at its lows. And what do we say we ended on, James? Did we end on a low? What are the vibes? How's Zen, James? Um, I think it's fair to say that it ended on a low. Are we out of your your eulogy? Yes. Okay, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt the master at work. No, when I send it to you, I'm not... When I eulogize someone, James... You don't call someone else up to also take the mic. 
No. Understood. I, yeah. Understood. I've, I've never been to a funeral with you. I hope to never. I hope to never go to a funeral with you, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, that would be great. I would love to never go to a funeral with you, James. Except for the first one of us, if you count the. If, I don't know how you think of the afterlife, but the first one of us to die, I would like to be at that funeral together. Which one of us dies first? Yeah, I'll like be I watching would, down. I would I'll be watching down as you pull up as you try to find my Wikipedia page. I would. <laughs> I would have made it a week prior. Uh, okay, I would just well, expect you to pay respects to me. Of course. Here. Pay homage to the king. Well, real talk, Patrick. It's a sad, sad ending. Real sad ending. To me, you know I like to speak in metaphors and analogies. Um, yep. It's like putting your old family dog down. You obviously don't want to do it, but it's been shitting on the carpet for a few weeks now and kind of just lying around to the point where you've got to make that call and you know it's the right thing to do. You wonder if it could have been fair on the dog if you did it slightly earlier. You know, you have all these questions in your head, but ultimately the call gets made and and you get to look back in reflection. Remember some of the good times, remember some of the good times, but also more a mixture of relief and sadness that is it is over. Um, and on a more real note, I feel like it should have happened after Liverpool. It's cruel that it didn't happen after City and then... If you, if anyone had the pleasure of watching the Watford game, um, I think unanimously, even the Glazers agreed, it, it had to happen after that. And and to the point of it being sad, Patrick, it ended with the fans booing Ollie, um, a person responsible for the greatest night in the majority of any United fan's life. Um, and then it just became this game of chicken about how bad things can get before they're forced to make a change. So, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly the risk, right, with the uh, the club legend taking over on the touchline. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, unfortunate, obviously, the way that it ended, because I think it was pretty... The, the one thing I will say is it, it felt like a, a, a overwhelming number of Manchester United fans supporting Ali once the plug had been pulled. There was a lot of real positivity around him once yeah. it had been done. Uh, and I think that speaks to the larger the larger picture that the problems were were upstairs with not making a call sooner and getting it to a point where, I mean, I don't know how the hell they beat that Tottenham team if you look at the other games that they played in that stretch. Uh, it really guess, paints a picture, doesn't yeah, it, of how yeah. bad that Spurs team was on the day. <laughs> yeah, it was just it's it's appalling. Uh, but yeah, it needed to be done, uh, and I think it ended on a low. Where where do you at? Are, are are you in a better place now? I'll take into the context of where we're at in the season, the trajectory of the season, all that. Are you in a better place now than you were when Ollie took uh, took over with that same kind of pretense, if you will? Yeah, it's funny. That's that's where everyone's mind goes, and that's where the debate rages. Um, are we better off now versus worse off than when Mourinho got sacked? And you know. For a while, the the argument in in the pros column was, well, think about how toxic things got when Mourinho got sacked, and that was more like open Mourinho st- Mourinho style confrontation and like warfare, just very publicly breaking out in in the, in the ranks of Old Trafford and Carrington. This was a more silent toxicity where people weren't necessarily opening openly criticizing each other, and that was in of itself a problem. It was the silent slipping of standards that that made things toxic in Ollie's own way. But 
I think the truth is, Patrick, people crave progression or narratives. Like, are we better mm-hmm. off? Are we worse off? I think the sad truth is that we're probably in the exact same spot. And that might mm-hmm. be the that might be the worst. You know, I, I would say we're exactly where we were when we let go of Mourinho. And, and what is that? It, it's also Rans. It's aspirationally challenging for the title and actually falling short. You know, Mourinho came a very far second. We came a very far second last season. And the, the last thing I'll say kind of in the adjudication of Ali is let's not have revisionist history. Like, I think it's easy to say he was a, a laughing stock the entire time. I think he got sh- his level got shown up this season when we were supposed to mm-hmm. run for the title. I think he was very good for what his his purpose was in his um, in his first season, his second season. Whether or not he should have got the contract is another story, but I think he did what was asked of him. And you you kind of wonder if a part of him died after that Europa League final because um, that would have been the trophy that could've, he could have held up and said, you know, I, I got the club that I love this this trophy. But that was the real misstep against Villarreal, and then. You know, a lot of people think that was where it all changed going into that summer. And, and you know, you can talk about expectations and recruitment that, that also kind of sealed his fate. But, yeah, to answer your question, I wouldn't say we're in a better or worse off place. We're just united. Well, interesting, interesting. And there's, you mentioned that um, we've, had, we've got a few parallels of, of Premier League managers recently losing uh, a European final. Uh, and then being ousted in the in the in the subsequent fall, uh, Unai Emery did it with Arsenal. Mauricio mm. uh, mm-hmm. Pochettino did it uh, with Tottenham. So it does, yeah, it certainly could have that that effect. Uh, I don't think it helped that you know some of his better players from the previous season uh, have laid eggs this this season. Uh, if we're if we're if we're talking uh, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, I think have been tremendously poor. Uh, you think so Maguire is having season. a bad season? Uh, I said tremendously poor, James. <laughs> tremendously poor. And maybe I should separate. I'll do you one show. further. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, I, I loved. Oh, sorry. Never mind. I'm getting ahead of myself. Go, go, go. Yeah. But here, here, here's what I'll say about Manchester United. I agree with you. I think they're in the same spot, which is still figuring out who they are, um, thinking that they're a title contender. Uh, Twelve points off the pace this this point in the season with the with the quality that we're looking at. We're going to talk about those teams later. You're you got to be kissing it goodbye at this point, uh, or at least that's the, that's the furthest thing from your mind. But I'll say this. I think I think Manchester United have a better squad to work with. And so, you know, whether it's this new guy, whether yeah. it's someone in the summer, yeah. whether it's the interim to the interim manager, uh, the, the tools are there and the pieces are there. Uh, maybe not the tools. The pieces are there. So you need to have the right person, the right craftsman, the right tactician. And I think at, that, at the end of the day, that was Ollie's shortcoming. Uh, and if, in my mm-hmm. eyes, if in the next, you know, if Manchester United are competing, if, if, not competing, can't say competing anymore. I think if they win in the next year or two, whether it's a Champions League, um, the, the, the league, maybe even an FA Cup, uh, you know, I think you have to owe some of that success and that transition to the Ollie era. And then I think you think about that a little bit more positively in time. But you know, if it does take another long three, four years to rebuild, whatever it is, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's just not not really a, a needle mover. It would be nice. It would be nice. There are things you can fondly remember Ollie for. Um, the, the away record, the record break, um, the amount of high-scoring games, high-scoring wins we actually got under his under his tenure that we didn't have under other managers. Um, comeback victories. City. 
Yeah, I mean, now I'm just naming like things that aren't trophies, so I'm going to cut it off before it gets embarrassing. But you saw some things that brought back a little bit of the positive United culture before it went sour this season. Um, the funny thing you mentioned about not challenging for the title, what are we, 12 points off Chelsea? Mm. I, I, I picture I picture the Glazers in their boardroom being like, gents, that's just four games. <laughs> Game on. You know, like yep. that's how they look at the Premier League table. That's how they yep. assess it in just pure math and not like performance or, or like reading the room in any sense. But no, totally. I mean, it's so obviously we'll talk about the title run in three stellar, stellar teams. And it is kind of embarrassing thinking back to putting putting all four of them, United included, in that bracket of who's going to challenge for the title. You know, we were right bar one and that sadly was United. But I think it gets to your larger point that this is a squad at United that should be challenging for the title. And you bring in Varane, you bring in Sancho, you bring in Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Varane are certainly in that category of win-now mentality. Totally. Like, this is a team that needs to win now, if not in the next you know, season, or sorry, season or two. So it puts us in a weird spot, and I guess that brings us to who's coming in. Um, obviously, yeah. the... <laughs> Thank you, Michael Carrick. Thank you for your service. Um, I, I think the farce just got to continue a little bit longer. Like the ghost, the ghost of Ollie remains in the sense that you've got the entirety of his of his coaching staff just continuing, doing the same thing, just doing continuing on doing the same thing. And obviously, upon reflection, a nice, neat. Well, thank you, David De Gea, but a nice 2-0 victory over Villarreal that sealed qualification. And then today, the draw with Chelsea that showed something changed. I don't know whether it was players just picking themselves up off the ground the way they do after a manager leaves for whatever reason. But it was still the Carrick McKenna show featuring Darren Fletcher, the technical director, um, on a phone call with somebody on the touchline. That was ripe. That was ripe for discussion. Loved that one. But... Yeah. Yeah, just so. just when you you don't need to be making news, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it gave Tim Howard something to tee off on, and and for that, I think the entirety of the NBC Sports fan group yeah. thanks them. Tim Howard um, doesn't need much. He doesn't need much to get started, but that'll be a nice trivia question for United fans down the road. You know, when did Michael Carrick manage, and how many? But the guy coming in, Ralph Rangnick. It was one of those things where you just furiously read up on him and get more and more excited as you do because. He's getting the right. He's getting the right. Um, review. He's getting good reviews from all the right people. The coaches who are basically leading the game right now, and apparently he's the godfather of the modern counter press, the Gagan press. It's built Hoffenheim and RB Leipzig from the ground up. So it's interesting. He's he's had more of a diverse resume than just being a coach, the way you think of a Klopp or a Tuchel. But um, coming in as an interim manager, what excites me about this guy, Patrick? He's not just um, it, it's not it's not the fact that he's going to come in and coach the team. It's the fact that apparently he's going to have an ongoing role in the United office, which means you would hope when we're consulting the uh, the council over footballing decisions that happen for the next couple of years, it's not Edward it's not Edward we're talking to Murtaugh talking to the Glazers. It's just you would you would hope that they go to a guy like Rangnick to help make these decisions, and then on top of that. He's going to help, presumably help figure out who the guy's going to be in the summer, be it a Ten Hag or a Pochettino or uh, someone else out of the woodwork. So <clears throat> it's exciting. Yeah. I think There's your best case scenario, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the best case scenario that I've just <laughs> laid out there. 
Obviously, there's a lot of things we got to figure out. Um, and he's coming just in time for that Prem de la Prem Bowl on Thursday, Pat. So one. I am people. There was a conspiracy theory going around Twitter that he uh, he actually picked the team today. I'm going to go ahead and sit on the side of the fence that disagrees with that because uh, he, he doesn't have a work visa yet. But um, I, I'm very curious to see how quickly he can implement his style and how flexible he is in it because you start thinking about what those million-dollar questions are in the form of Ronaldo and the form of formation, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I think it was um... – Ancelotti had a decent a decent quote today talking about how he's not. What, someone asked him why he's not pressing, and he's like, "I got I got Cruz and Modric. Like, what do you what do you what do you mean? Uh, like, I'll give you an example. Like when I had you know Ronaldo, uh, I'm not gonna spend my time making him track back. You know, you yeah. don't. That's not what you need to be using him for. Yeah. And so it is. It's a. It's interesting because you think about um, those teams and those uh, coaches that he has influenced along the way. Uh, it's an eleven-man effort at all times. Yeah, is kind of how you 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 think about those sides and you you, you watch them play. There's a there's a unison and cohesion to that. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Seems like That's... there's certain players are, are that are built for that. Uh, I don't expect it to happen overnight. I think it's going to be chaos. The Premier Prem Bowl, um, <laughs> but it is it is it is one where I think that the the only real question right from what we know at this point. Um, well, I mean, maybe beside we're talking this year, I'm talking long term. Is is he going to have uh, the voice, the pull, uh, and the backing, uh, you know, that he needs uh, to, to to actually make these decisions? Is he going to be be the one, as you said, making these decisions and having the autonomy to do so? And you know, I, we get those other people who have made all these poor decisions, seemingly have made a good one. Will they get out of their own way? To be clear, forward? that's the difficult thing. To be clear, he's a hundred percent. He's a hundred percent not making any decisions. Like I want to, for any United fans out there, I want to level set expectations. The Glazers are not relinquishing their icy grip on making the calls and decision making. What you would hope, what you would really hope in your heart of hearts, is that he's a true consultant in the sense that they talk to him before they make decisions and then make decisions based on what he advises. That yeah. that's yeah. where we're okay. at. That's where I, we're at yeah. here. I guess that's what I'm I guess that's what I'm after is, is is are they going to value his consultancy or whatever it is. I'm I'm of the uh, 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 I'm of the line of thinking that he's just going to become the director of football or technical director whatever you, whatever you call it uh, and he'll be given those you know effectively that that's his responsibility, right? To build out the team and, and, and kind of manage that side of it, which I think with a strong manager mm-hmm. uh, is a good idea. We're all waiting uh, for a bit more what? clarity on what consultancy means. Yeah. Uh, Ed Woodward <laughs> was supposed to be gone a while ago, and he keeps staying to make more and more decisions. <laughs> to uh, fire of, more people. <laughs> one of which was extending uh, Ollie's backroom staff by three years, just like a month ago. Uh, so Expert who knows move. what he's got up his sleeves? Um this could still go haywire. I'm he just realized he gave Mick Phelan a player contract by accident. He got the paperwork mixed up. <laughs> oh shit! You, yeah, um, well, I want to. Can I touch on this really quick? Because I didn't yes. know. I didn't know that Ancelotti quote. It's really interesting. Um, I was thinking about this with pressing, and I think the best managers in the world right now, like the Klops and the Guardiolas, they're known for their high intensity pressing. Like as soon as we lose the ball back, the best defense is like an offensive counter press, and. It, people get so wrapped up in this 
well, what, how does your team press? Well, like, what's your style of press? And it, it's easily forgotten that for the entirety of football history, teams have defended in different ways, and it all isn't always an extreme high-intensity counter-press. So you have to, the point being, you have to work with the squad that you have, and that's going to be Rangnick's biggest test. Because Ronaldo, one of the best goal scorers in the world, cold-blooded, best player in the world, whatever, that dude is not going to press. So Ancelotti's looking at his team. He's like, I got Cruz and Modric. What do you want me to do? I think we're going to sit back and be compact and then attack in these certain ways when we win the ball, when we win the ball back in our half. Um, what's going to happen on this end? Because I, I think everyone automatically assumes that, and maybe it is true because Klopp and Guardiola are paving the way, but I think there's an assumption that you have to be this super uber intense pressing team to win games. And I think that's going to be put to the test. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you, you have to be right, but I think that it gives you, it's, it's, it's something that gives those teams like a tremendous amount of opportunity. You know, it's one of my bigger frustrations with Arsenal is if you sit back and you don't press, you just let the other team kind of make, you know, you, you don't give them the opportunity to make mistakes. And so, I mean, I think there's, I would love, uh, I would love for Ronaldo to start against Arsenal uh, because that tells me that the plan is mm-hmm. not in place yet. If Cavani's starting, I'm shitting my pants uh, because that means we're, we're going to be under pressure for 90 straight minutes. You know, I, I, it's just going to be one of those ones where I'm very, very anxious to see what that team sheet is uh, because this it doesn't seem like something that they can flip a switch overnight. Yeah. Uh, but they have the quality of players and the experience of players uh, that they could they could probably pull something you know pretty close to what he wants to get done off pretty quick. So, uh, Am I, I, like, like you said, I think it's the characters in the team. You have the characters in the team to do it. Uh, you know, Jesse Lingard, Van de Beek, Bruno Fernandez, all of those in a midfield type role in a pressing system could be could be dangerous. I'm just very very curious to see. I might be do. making a generalization here from what you said, but am I right to assume if you see Ronaldo in a team sheet, it doesn't it, you don't get scared, like it doesn't bother you? Let me for this particular game, I would rather see Ronaldo than Cavani. Okay. So it's more like in the context of, of like a Rangnick's first game. and It's like, has Rangnick sorted, sorted the press already? Or are you, still getting, or are you still getting Ollie's United? It, not necessarily Ollie's United, but just Harris under the United. assumption that Ronaldo will United. not. Will not McFeelan's United. Let's just call it Woodward's United. Can we just do that? <laughs> Make it easy? He's the one that's touching all of it. Woodward's United. On Woodward's United, I just want to see Ronaldo because... <laughs> And he might yeah. score, he might score, but, you know, I'd rather give up a goal mm-hmm. to a moment of brilliance than just be sure the wicked right. boys Fair in enough. the bounce back game and get Fair pressed enough. all yeah. over Old Trafford. Well, Cavani's the type of guy to uh, declare his own injuries, so I don't know where he's at right now, but I think oh, interesting. he knows he knows his own body, you know? Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I do, goal, I, do hope, goal. <laughs> I do hope to see him back on Thursday. Should we jump to the bridge? A.K.A. Sancho Bridge. <laughs> shades of Martinelli. Shades. Shades of Martinelli, where all you have to do is, uh, in the words of Thomas Tuchel, let Chelsea score twice and uh, then claim it as an absolute masterclass and shit house your way to a 1-1 draw. That's the United way in 2021, baby. Getting those points at Stamford Bridge. Patrick, let me put this into context, and this is to no one in particular. Chelsea hasn't beaten United in eight tries. When you think about the Prem de la Prem Bowl, eight tries in league play. When you think about the Prem de la Prem Bowl and how much it pains me 
United hasn't beaten Arsenal in six tries, and that feels like an eternity. The last time we beat Arsenal, Fellaini scored the winning goal. Now think about Chelsea and not beating United in eight tries. I used to hate playing Chelsea because we would always lose, and it just goes to show how dated that is because um, they used to smash us all the time. And I guess we've just had, you know, gotten luckier in recent years. Maybe it's that. Um, maybe it's that. What did you think of the Chelsea lineup? It was an interesting one. It was an interesting one, wasn't it? I, there's this school of thought like Lukaku on the bench. If you're fit enough to be on the bench, you're fit enough to play. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think you players in the Premier League, you get your minutes monitored like a hawk. But was he, was he a gamble like, okay, he's only fit enough to maybe come on for the last five, ten minutes and, and swing the game? You know, he, he must have been just hanging on then. Because I thought if Lukaku's fit, he would bully Lindelof to, to yep. no end. And, you know, it's not to say that Chelsea still didn't get their fair share of chances that they either missed or, or De Gea made a wonderful save. But that was a huge letoff for United. I'm surprised Mount didn't start. I'm surprised, maybe not surprised Pulisic didn't start. But when you see when you see how deep this Chelsea squad is, and they're rocking up with Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, and Callum Hudson-Odoi, no disrespect to any of them except Timo Werner, disrespect to him. But that is the ideal front three when you're playing Chelsea, I think. Did you think the same? Yeah, unless Ross Barkley weasels his way in there. Uh, oh, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Amazing. Yeah, was the, it was great. Was I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I know... I know that Conte, um, I think Conte was unavailable for this game. So fair enough with getting a rotation in midfield. Uh, but yeah, to have uh, Mount, Pulisic, Lukaku, uh, you know, maybe even Havertz on the bench, it felt to me like a complacent lineup from Chelsea. And I thought that that, mm-hmm. that showed and maybe a little bit of a lack of, uh, uh, I guess just the, 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 they just weren't clinical. They weren't clinical. And, <sighs> and I, I, I thought they were pressure wise the better team but they they weren't they, they just weren't really all that threatening I guess to me or mm-hmm. as threatening as they they could or they could or should have been uh, it just felt like everything was getting sniffed out just in time uh, despite yeah, that, having all of the momentum all the pressure all of the ball it's like, funny was it, like 12 corners and it's like yeah. none of them felt threatening no it was a it was a really weird game and what they did funnily enough under Michael Carrick was they got a pretty quintessential Ollie performance from seasons past where we're strong defensively. We always make a last ditch challenge or like for better or worse, get a wonder save. We're in the game and then we're pretty damn threatening on the break. I loved us on the break today. I hadn't seen us like that in a while, but it's not how you want to play when you're United. That being said, I totally understand what Chelsea is right now in the position they're in and how we had to play. So when I saw that team, I was like, well, this is going to suck. <laughs> like, yeah. buckle up for 90 minutes. Um, it's funny. You said Tuchel was complacent. Maybe, maybe he thought he could just ring up three points against United, but I think he has enough respect for United to to not think that way. I, maybe he just has belief in those players. I, I don't know if they've been playing that well um, in their recent games. I think Werner had actually been in decent form. Yeah, um, lost his cheek was the the one where I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Hudson Madoy, I, I guess he's had a decent enough season, mm-hmm. uh, but Ziyech to me, I mean, leave, leaving leaving Mount out of the side, strange uh, one. He yeah. looked like he made an impact when he came on. 
Pulisic looked like he had a little bit of endeavor to him, to him as well. Uh, and I agree with you completely. I think, I think a one-legged Lukaku is is yeah. is enough to probably win that game uh, if he's starting and playing that full that full game. Like, and, how unfit are you? Right to just right. be making this bench. Um, yeah, it was it was a, an, an interesting performance from United. Obviously, this a, a bit of a strange lineup, uh, but yeah, what a smash and grab! What an absolute smash and grab! Could have been better. It's so funny. I you there was, it was a little bit. It was a the horror. End. That's like fifteen it was minutes. It felt back and a forth. A joke. It was a joke of a penalty that I could not get mad about because of the manner in which we we scored our goal and the manner in which we were under the cosh for like. 85 minutes of the 90. It was a ball down live You pad. just had to take... What do you mean? Like, it was just like a... Maybe not a ball down live. Maybe that's not the right one, but... Uh, like, yeah, it was just... Rewarded it, for the run of play. And the, like... Uh, like, 15 corners equals one penalty. <laughs> like, if you're getting that no, much volume... Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there no way Manchester United could walk out of there uh, with a clean sheet. It just wasn't possible. Now, Jorginho Redemption story was on the menu. Um... Patrick, I was almost ready for the Puskas nominee of... of uh, before we talk about Fred chipping the ball straight into Edward Mendy's hands, I want you to think about the scenes. I, I, I actually laughed about this, but to myself, for like two minutes straight. What if Fred pulled it off? Mm-hmm. I would have lost my goddamn mind. Yeah. I don't think he knows what he would have done. It was just so out of his locker. And he, he had... um. He had two players streaking. I think Jesse got himself offside, but he had Ronaldo on the wing, and it's like nine times out of ten, you got to be making that pass, and, and Fred backed himself. Um, yeah. In what was otherwise, and it's going to get lost, um, at least on the United side of things, a man of a match performance, which is just the most Fred thing to have that game be remembered for something other than a really good, well-played game. Yeah, yeah. He's just He's just got a... Yeah, he he's he didn't have the quality. He needed he needed to be under a little bit more pressure. He had way too much time there. Like I think that <laughs> I think that where he was on the field, on his dominant foot with the keeper that far off his line, that's in every professional footballer's locker. Mm-hmm. He just kicked it right at him. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it was and he waited so long, so long, to make the wrong decision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It was classic Fred. It was classic Fred. It was so amazing. Um, not at the time, obviously. I was. Um, it was one of your two shots on target. <laughs> Got to spend money to make money, Patrick. <laughs> if no, you, if, you don't, yeah. if you don't buy a, a a ticket, as they say. Oh, he bought a ticket. <laughs> Turns out it was expired from a gas station that was closed. Uh, anyway, yeah, fun fun times following. The United. Uh, Thursday's going to be a fun one, Patrick. I have no idea how they're going to show up. Rangnick hasn't even been, like, announced. Which, if it goes on another day, I'm going to get worried. So, let's let's take this baby steps. Woodward yeah. has not relinquished his seat quite yet. So, um... I want his only trust training session to be a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Just the day before, everyone's just, yeah, getting their treatment. Making no. sure everyone's fit. They're just and gonna I do the. Up. They're just gonna do the beep test, and then he'll reveal the team. An hour last before. eleven standing start. Yeah. Oh, amazing. What positions? We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see who the last eleven standing yeah. are. Two well, keepers. Say less. <laughs> Shout out that Portuguese team that had to field two keepers. 
Well, quick transition, and I want to give Chelsea a little bit of time in the light. You know, they yes, couldn't, couldn't get the dub today, but obviously uh, sitting atop the Premier League. Sitting atop the Premier League. And we haven't had a good title race check-in in a minute. We're not going to get too in-depth. We're going to save that for around the halfway season. But I want to get your vibe check, Patrick. We have a bona fide three-horse race going on into the wacky run of December fixtures where I think you said there's only 12 days in December where a Premier League game doesn't get played. Yeah, 12 or 13. Crack. Crack. Yeah. Inject it. We got Chelsea, mm-hmm. best defense in the league, five points allowed on 30 points. Liverpool, best offense in the league with 39 goals scored on... three. Okay, my syntax there was fucked. 39 yeah. goals scored on 28 points. And then City between them on 29 points, um, just being all around a very tough out. They've all shown cracks, which is exciting. Nothing, right. nothing serious, but it's like in a in a prize fight. You know, they've taken they've taken a haymaker um, and gotten back, right back up. But which team do you think is going to get knocked down to the canvas first, Patrick? Ooh, this is a good question. Knocked down to the canvas. I I honestly see this being a three horse. Right. I mean, I th- we, we thought it was a four-horse race, and one of the horses fell off. I I don't see enough uh, en- enough cracks in the armor from either of these teams, any of these three teams. Uh, if it was any team, I'd probably have to say Liverpool, just due yeah. to depth uh, in solace form, unlikely yeah. to continue for the whole season. But, you know, he's I wouldn't put it past him either to continue his 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 form. But he's in the form of his life. Uh, but I do, I do really think that you know right now we're on pace for roughly like finishing around 85, 90 points for our title winner, uh, and I think all three of these teams are still very much capable of getting there. Um, I'll tell you what, Chelsea finishes that run uh, in December. They finish that run against against Liverpool, and then they pop out of the international break on the other end of that with City. So we're gonna have some fun games in January here. Wow, uh, when do they really play kind Liverpool? of sort that out? Because Afcon's in January, January second, I believe. Let me Ooh. confirm that. Might be solid confirming, last game. Confirming. Yep, yeah, January 2nd, uh, and then January 15th there at the Etihad. So that's a run for Ooh. Chelsea uh, that's going to be a, 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 a tough one. Well, maybe not a tough one. That'll be a those, – those are the testers, right? Those are the yeah. testers. And I don't think um, – I mean, I, I, I don't see really any team. They're just a cut above everybody else. You know, there's West Ham – there's been the everyone's been musing on the fact that on the on the fact that there's only four teams uh, in the league right now with a positive goal differential in the top four teams. Uh, and so if you take West Ham out of there, wait, you know, that just blew my mind. Chelsea, City, Liverpool, West Ham are the only teams with a positive goal differential. Right That's now. insane. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. it right now though. I can see it. Yeah, there's a few zeros. Uh, a lot of teams in the low. I mean, just look at how many goals. We're, we're 13 games in. 26 goal differential for Chelsea, 20 for City, mm-hmm. 28 for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just they are a cut above. Mm-hmm. The, the fact really that are. they have had those has those slips and falls is going to make this thing fun uh, because they are going to be they are susceptible to that. But they are still just in an, their own echelon, their own tier, uh, and I, I they're in their own their own gravy boat. I think like we're we're in for a better one where we have a good a good race to ninety maybe with three teams versus a, a race to hundred with two teams. So I'm excited. I think all three teams are there and fit to. So you really uh, think to, it's going to go the distance? I think with with yeah, I I I really do. I really do. It might not be all to play for on the final match week, uh, but I think you know with five that would be insane. Yeah, I don't five, I don't remember a case where that's ever happened. 
No, neither do I. I think with with five match weeks to play, I think it's 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 all going to be in play for each each one of those Ooh. three. I think it's going to go really Would really close that. to the wire. Yeah, Would love that. Yeah, I I, I think you touched on it. <clears throat> When I thought about this one, I, my mind went to Liverpool as well because that's insane. Because I think right now they're the best team in the league. Nah, mm, no, I, I think Chelsea Chelsea's get, making it look easy. Chelsea gets less headlines, but you know, defense wins titles, and they've five goals conceded against. five goals. It's nuts. Liverpool yep. is to the um, to the casual observer, maybe. Then I don't know the the best team in the league the way Salah's playing, <clears throat> but. The way I think about it is they have the best starting 11 in mm. world football, let alone the Premier League. They have the best yeah. starting 11. I think it's the team that played against Southampton, top to bottom. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. the best 11 in world football. January, you take out Mane and Salah, and you see what this team really looks like. Because I do think, without those two spearheading the, the, that forward link-up, I look at the bench, I, I don't see that team producing. I, I think it's like the... The Jenga tower, where you not not only take one crucial piece, but two crucial pieces out. How many points are they going to drop in that January time frame? Yeah. And then be able to make it up on the back end. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that would be an unfortunate reason if it were the reason they fell off the pace, but it's a fair it's a fair critique if we're looking at how the how the chips are falling. Uh, but yeah, they're yeah, and we you talk about Chelsea not getting headlines. I think that's fair, but even even more so, City just very very smoothly just rocking rocking They're, their yeah. way through you know not it's just we're, we just expect it like if city's if C- city has to be in the mix um you know they beat a they, it ended up being two two to one but they just comfortably beat west ham today in a bit of a or uh, was it yesterday uh, anyway in a bit of a dog fight out outclassed um, psg yeah we're not a champions yeah. league podcast but it must be noted Oh right. yeah, you're totally right. Their last three games were just no contests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just they're just cruising. They're just cruising. Uh, they, yeah, they had that crazy slip up against what was it Palace, but other than that, uh, they, I think they've been in just really good form for a really long time because mm-hmm. uh, they lost to Spurs on the on the opening match week, and then then everything else I think has been pretty much smooth sailing without that with with, with just that one little blip. Right. So I mean, all three of them. We know we know City has what it takes. We know they're going to be in the end. I'm really interested to see if they do something crazy in January. Liverpool, we know is not going to do anything crazy in January. So it's mm-hmm. do they survive Afcon? Mm-hmm. And Chelsea, yeah, I mean Chelsea, it just kind of feels like squad management. Yeah, like can did, can they kind of take it to the next level? Can they keep, keep people healthy? They seem to have a tough time getting their best eleven on the field. Chelsea, that's the only thing I would say towards them. But yeah, they're making they're making light work of just about mm-hmm. everyone. Yep. Well, Patrick, speaking of crazy by January, let's check in on our main man. <laughs> the Italian job has come to North London. Antonio Conti. Let's go ahead and read this quote. I What team did they lose to in the Europa Conference League? Let's go ahead and get the statisticians on that. Team called Mura. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go one step further. They don't have a badge on Google. Classic. They are... Uh, what are they? Romanian? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Some kind of Romanian team took a loss that prompted Antonio Conte to say this. After three weeks, I'm starting to understand the situation. What an opener. 
it is not simple. At the moment, the level at Tottenham is not so high. I am happy to stay here, but we have a lot to improve the quality of the squad. Here's my question to you, Patrick. What does he see now that we don't see? Because any armchair fan, you, me, Thomas, Mark, we'd all be like, Antonio, what do you mean? How are you realizing this now? Haven't you been watching Spurs? So there must be a difference between what we all can see and then you peek under the hood and what he can see where you're really starting to quote unquote understand the situation. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the one thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to say this without um, a big shit-eating grin. Please try. I think, I think the one thing uh, that has been kind of apparent about some of these Spurs teams more recently is just they just kind of feel like they got their head down too much. You know, it feels like they've lost a little bit of belief. Yeah, uh, and I think that starts from the top. And I think when your talisman uh, wants out, can't get out, uh, you can't tell me that doesn't play a role into what people are willing to put into the club. And so I think that there might be a little bit of a question of desire. I mean, you just see how they're losing these games. They're just, it's its bad. It's comically bad. Uh, and it's just something that's, <laughs> and like I think the game, the, the winning goal as well, it's just like there's a bit of bad luck in it as well. And it kind mm-hmm. of feels like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's mm-hmm. like a weird deflection that wrong-footed Lloris. Um you're starting Lloris in the Conference League group stage. <laughs> well, these are must wins. Fair enough. Fair enough. But he didn't play. Um, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, uh, I, that's what I feel like might be missing is that they, when you get in there, it, it needs a mentality shift. And that's why I'm, I'm really curious about Harry Kane um, in, in the short term. I really do think in the short term, in the next two windows, uh, what – might happen because it it seems to me as though he is not you know really there the way yeah. that he, the way that he used to be uh, and it's a shame for someone I mean, in his caliber maybe not a shame for someone from my perspective to watch what's <laughs> happening to Spurs um, but yeah again, go just, on waste your career yeah it's the same, it's the same <laughs> thing like uh like Carl was saying about about United right he 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 wants them to lose but on his terms right he wants them to be you know, somewhat competent. Uh, you know, the part of uh, part of and, and look, Spurs are far from like done. Uh, you know, they're 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 right in the mix. It's for, like you need you Europe need my permission to like, die. Yeah, like show a little bit of life, show a little bit of fight. Uh, Conti lost his goddamn mind when they won that game uh, at the new the new White Hart Lane, whatever they're calling that thing. Uh, but I I think it's a squad overhaul that they need and. Who who's who's better to do that than Daniel Levy, you know? So we'll we'll have to see what happens in the in the long term. But I think they got a lot of dead weight in that squad. A lot of people mm-hmm. that need to be moved on. I don't see a whole lot of promising youngsters coming up through the system. Uh, not that I know that their system. Like I, it just feels to me like when your team is this uh, stale, dull, stale, right? That you'd mm-hmm. have like, all right, let's give the kid a crack, right? We saw that's what we've been seeing at Arsenal for the last few yeah. years. It's like we we don't have it, but we at least got the, the kids. That's a good way to distract the fans as well. Uh, if you if you put some academy kids in the first team, and it may, maybe they do. I don't I don't I don't really know. I don't know what Brian Gill's doing either. I, don't, I haven't really heard much from him. So they they I just got to figure out what their squad is. I think, and I think they just a, it's just a mess. And I think that's what Conti's mm-hmm. getting at. Uh, maybe Emerson's not good. 
You know, who knows? Like, <laughs> maybe he just doesn't even have the pieces to play a system. And he's like, holy shit. Like, I, I thought these guys might... were, were right. usable, but they're not. Right, right. I thought these toys had use. No, Patrick, someone lined up um, a series of quotes from past Tottenham managers going back to Pochettino, who started with the classic, you know, you want you want a nice house, but you're not willing to buy nice furniture. Thin, mm. Thinly veiled metaphor. Um, and then Mourinho just saying, like, there are things that go beyond, like, what you see on the pitch. Just everyone taking, like, thinly veiled cracks at Daniel Levy because... Um, yeah, yeah, this the squad has been dying out for a refresh since Pochettino. So we'll see what Conti gets in January for the neutral. I hope he doesn't get exactly what he wants. Just to just to see <laughs> it's the unstoppable force and the immovable object, Patrick. Yeah. Who's gonna who's gonna break? How many managers in a row? Mm-hmm. Not counting Nuno. What's that body count? Never had a chance. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see, James. We'll have Ollie, to see. Ollie's waiting by his phone. I like that one of the most, um, you know, decorated, you know, active managers goes to Spurs and is just like, whoa, that makes me happy. Uh, Yeah, and that brings me back to how I started this segment where it's like, how much did Conti know about Spurs beforehand? He watched All or Nothing, James. He should have known quite a bit. He's played them a few times, too. (laughs) After Uh, three weeks, I'm starting to understand the situation. I mean, that could also just be like, you know, we're, we're not going to take it like that because it's hilarious to take it another mm-hmm. way. Uh, but it could just be like, okay, maybe I'm figuring it out. You know, uh, you yeah. could read that a few ways. I don't know why, but like... Maybe not after the loss of Mura. I, I picture them in the canteen and like high school cafeteria style. I, I just, I don't know why. I just picture Deli Alley like slapping cold cuts on his face and like making a joke in front of Son and Kane. And Gonti's just looking over like, what the hell's going on over here? <laughs> Oh god, uh, that would be that would be absolutely wild. Well, that was yeah. our Conti check-in. Yeah, yeah, we'll check in again soon. We'll check in again. They do have a good run of fixtures, though. I believe. Tell me I more. Believe they have a good run of fixtures. Well, I thought they had Burnley. Um, that got called off today. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, that's what I mean. They had Burnley, um, but they're running Brentford, Norwich. Um, what now becomes a must-win game against Wren in the Conference League. Brighton, and then less. Then it gets. Then it gets a little. Then it little, goes back little tougher. To yeah. yeah. So they okay. got they got three games that you would you would chalk up as winnable games for them. And you know the way that this season is going, three strong results in a in a row um, is going to be enough to kind of turn the mentality, turn the turn the vibes over there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, they could obviously still have a little bit of a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, hey, let's bring it to the Patrick Crowley dubbed bounce bounce boys. The bounce. Uh, the the components of the uh, meatball two out of three, meatball, we sorry. had uh, we had Steven Gerrard over at Aston Villa get two wins in a row. Mm. We had Dean Smith record an impressive win and draw combo to essentially double their points from five to nine over at Norwich, yep. and then Eddie Howe gets COVID, misses a thrilling three three draw, and then oversees a two 0 loss to Newcastle. You can't yep. have it all your own way. Up at Newcastle, can you? No, no, you can't. Um, Newcastle now down with that little bounce from Dean Smith, that bounce, bounce. Newcastle dead last, six mm-hmm. points, zero wins. Winless, Newcastle they're wait- is. They're waiting on that bounce. And James, let me tell you, 
They've got it all to play for. Their next two games, both at home, to Norwich and Burnley. Oh, Those are the other two teams currently in the relegation zone. Three points clear. If they, I mean, both of these games at home, James, these are, are are we talking must-win games for at least one of these? At least for one of them. At least for one of them. Norwich at home. Got to be on nine points out of here. Norwich at home. Ooh, if Eddie Howe doesn't win that game, I think you're going to start getting a little like, huh? Yeah. What? What's going on with this guy? You know, granted, Brentford, it was tough for him to manage his first game from the couch. Arsenal away, okay. You know, that was like, I think they were they were playing for a draw because I think they were time-wasting like 50 minutes in at nil-nil. Yeah, um, yeah Norwich has got to be a must-win. But Patrick, hopefully I don't upset any magpies when I say this, but I am rooting for Newcastle to just lose through December for the most chaotic January transfer window of all time. Yeah, totally. You're, we're going to smell the desperation from the studio. Let me tell you, James, uh, after these two games, I think they'll have no problem doing that. Uh, away to Leicester, away to Liverpool, home to Man City, home to Manchester United, away to Everton, and then we're in the window. We always so, get Newcastle in the festive in the holiday season, and it just puts me in such a good spirit. I love yeah, it. Yeah, December 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Newcastle Newcastle is is has the biggest box office potential in January. They could oh, literally set everything into motion in the market. It's going to be they amazing. Could, they could they could free up Barcelona's books, and then who knows what happens after Barcelona's books are freed up? <laughs> no more trips. Know, no more trips for PK. No more trips for PK. Get them out of here. But yeah, impressive from Gerard. Impressive, mm-hmm. impressive from Gerard. Uh, and on a team, and and Villa was not in uh, in good shape. If we're being honest, Brighton Palace, uh, you know, not the most impressive wins, but they need they needed to be done. So I'm still I'm, the I'm, perfect start. Yep, yep. I don't expect him to get that result uh, against City this coming week. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be an interesting one as well. Yeah, it, it has to stop somewhere. But he, if you could picture a dream debut, it was Ollie Watkins and Tyrone Mings on the score sheet in a clean sheet for Mr. Humps a lot. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, oh. we're about to get a new addition to the Bounce Bounce Boys, Patrick. Because uh, Ralph Rangnick's going to come in and turn this into a a quad so we'll report back next week of okay. course one more so than the others we're just mooshing we're just mooshing these uh these meatballs into mm-hmm. the sub at this point mm-hmm. mash them in there okay you gotta pay, du- you gotta pay double for that kind of action you are you probably did <laughs> subway charged it freak <laughs> of the week do you want to you go first yeah sure yeah. sure okay okay um uh, all right we're gonna play a little clip here uh, but yeah my freak of the week uh, is going to be Graham Potter. Uh, Graham Potter had this to say when asked uh, about some of the Brighton fans booing uh, their most recent performance against Leeds. Most chances created for you guys as well this season. Mm. At the end, the fans didn't sound too pleased. There were a few boos. What would you like to say to them? Well, they're entitled to their opinion. I disagree with them completely. And just explain a little bit more why. Well, because you you have to understand the game, you have to understand uh, who we're playing against, how we played, what we did. I think we're sitting eighth in the Premier League, but maybe I need a bit of a history lesson of this football club. And James, that's what we call dropping the hammer. Shout out Andy Samora. Bring uh, the hammer down. 
that big freak was a, move. That was a flex bet. on your own fans. Yeah. Oh big yeah. Freak move. Oh yeah. I mean, the on-field camera caught him mouthing. You see that? They're booing to his assistant. To his assistants, and that is just the stench of a guy who thinks he's too good for Brighton, and the Brighton fans are unhappy with him right now. It's a recipe for ultimate entertainment. Yeah, it was a. I mean, basically, yeah. Tell don't don't forget where you came from. To the entire fan base, uh, fair because I think Brighton has has had you know just mm-hmm. brief stints in first division football yeah. in their in their history, uh, and he's made them a bit of a mainstay uh, in this in this most recent run. So I think he's got every every right to think that way. Uh, I get the freak move for saying it though. I, I smell wild. I smell a new segment here, Patrick. It's called Who's Out of Line? Whose side mm-hmm. you taking? Are the Brighton fans out of line or Graham Potter? Who, by the way, ended it in the most British way possible, giving himself an out by saying, but maybe I need a history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> he tells them that they need a history lesson and then says, well, maybe it's me. I mean, maybe yeah, I yeah, guess maybe Brighton did finish in the top four or did I miss that? So good. I don't know if that's an out or another dig. Yeah, so good. Either way, big freak move. Graham Potter. Um, maybe he's on to bigger and better things at some point. Maybe he's replacing. Uh, I don't even know who he'd replace at a bigger, bigger club. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what's up for him mm-hmm. later. I think yeah. everyone thinks he's 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 up there for uh, sought after managers for a next big appointment. I think definitely is. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think there's a gap between Brighton and Manchester United, and I would love to see him land there. Everton. Looks like Benitez is on the fucking chopping block yet again. So What uh, I say? What I say? It started hot. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've won since. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Losers. Don't forget. We laid those takes all down on the line to start Hold off on. the season. The last time Everton won was in September. I just pulled it up. Bang. They are hot trash. Yeah. They're on the and they seat. lost to QPR. <laughs> <laughs> too good. Too good. Right, Patrick, I'm envisioning... Oh, last thing. I'm envisioning yes. Graham Potter's return to the Amex as the manager of his new club, and it's shades of Mourinho at Juventus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, he'll smack them. He'll absolutely <laughs> smack them. Oh, Brighton, remember where you came from. And it's certainly below eighth in the Premier League. Yeah. Team Remember Potter. We got you all 12 of these goals this season. Me. <laughs> I think we're Potterheads. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. My Freak of the Week, Patrick, it's uh, climate change. My Freak of the Week, climate change. Um, we're not pro-climate change, but we are pro-believing in climate change. Is that fair to say? Yes, James. Shout out our sponsor, Solar.com. Mm-hmm. Bang. We've been there all along, baby. You just didn't open your eyes. But not only, Patrick, do we face a rise in global temperatures year over year that affect our ecosystems, we also get unnatural weather patterns, meaning snow in England in November. People lost their minds. Um, I'm extremely pissed off that Lester did not pivot to the orange ball. But that's neither here nor there. That's not my freak. My freak is, for any Spurs fan, 
you don't need bad luck on top of your predicament that you're already going through. But I guess a couple from the U.S. traveled from Dallas to London to Burnley to watch Spurs play away. Total of 31 hours. And lo and behold, the game got canceled from the snow. So my freak of the week is climate change. That is what we call a big cuck, James. Mm-hmm. Big Nature cuck. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Well, pretty common. <laughs> We want to really break it down. I feel like nature always it's wins. Always be cucking. Nature over nurture, Lodge. <laughs> well, I mean, the story, <laughs> moving right along, the story does have a, uh, a happy ending because Harry Kane promised to fly them out for a home game this season. There you go. Yeah. It was there a gentleman's agreement, which when it's being arbitrated <laughs> by a Kane brother, I wouldn't necessarily trust it. Well, you should trust it from his end. But maybe the other guys won't agree. Maybe they'll be like, guys, you're Forbes shit. I'm not coming. Kane's brother's like, you told them what? (laughs) Oh, man. It's the gift that keeps giving. Gift that keeps giving. All right. Yep. They're not even like in that bad of a position. But it just seems so much worse than it is. Well, thoughts and prayers to the couple from the U.S. from Dallas who wanted to go see Spurs play at Turf more. Um. Yeah, that was your first don't, mistake. Don't. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Climate change is off the hot seat. They're, they're my friend. <laughs> Who's the travel agent booking this? Who booked it? Um, also, without a travel agent. Shout out Sean Dyche, who went out to convene with the refs and the other managers <laughs> in their puffy jackets, and he was just rocking the white button down. You see, if, if you could uh, do a bit of lip reading, he said, it's just a bit of snow. Love it. <laughs> So big good. shit eating grin on his face. So good. All right, to the end of the to the end of the seggies now. Goal of the week, um, Patrick. I mean, there were a couple to choose from. I, I I don't think you know we've been blessed with so many amazing goals. I think our last couple episodes have been mm-hmm. on the less good side. I think Martinelli's in with a shout. I'm I'm curious to see where you go with this one, but um, I'm going with Manuel Lanzini against Man City. It was the deadest of dead rubber goals. But if we're just judging goals for what they are, beautiful little snowflakes, this was the most beautiful of them all. Manuel Anzini against Man City. James, you know what that ranks on the goal index. Meaningless goal. Can't be, can't be, can't be valued at the same as a deft little touch. <laughs> Plucking a ball from the sky. The North London sky. The Gabriel Martinelli goal. I will give it to you, James. It was a. Uh, it was you a have dead, no. You have no integrity. It was a dead. Your integrity week for goals. is sub zero. It was a low week for goals. It's Thanksgiving week. The boy was traveling, but I saw that beautiful, beautiful goal from my little cell phone as I was driving, driving through the city, uh, in the passenger seat, being safe. Uh, uh-huh. But no, what a yeah. what a beautiful goal! Was right. was a pretty brilliant touch, brilliant touch. So you, uh, you've told me two things: week. you 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 drive with a cell phone in your hand, and in the passenger all, seat, though. This was the only goal. You, this is the only goal you saw. This no, week. I saw the Lanzini goal, and then I was like, oh, meaningless. Doesn't mm. matter. And he kind of looped it. Kind of looped it. Okay. A little loopy of a goal for me. Okay, interesting. A little loopy. A little loopy. A couple tidy Arsenal goals this week, James. Yeah. Tidy goals. Yeah. Doing what they have to do. Another another great save from Ramsdale. I am I'm thoroughly whelmed by them going into the Prem de la Brembo, Patrick. You should be whelmed by them. 
You should be absolutely whelmed. I love, let me just say, I love underdog status against Arsenal. I'm well, ready. It's not what Vegas thinks. Oh, seriously? Not even close. Jesus. Not even close. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The, okay, absolute disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm so about <laughs> That's it. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It really is. I don't think <laughs> Vegas knows exactly what's going on in England. I think uh, I think Vegas knows that people will probably bet on, on United at home over Arsenal, though. Okay. Why don't you That's take that matters. and run with it? Brilliant. We're here, folks. You didn't even know. We're already in the district. Here we are. We're talking Prem de la Prem Bowl, James. It's my featured meatball. I got a lock and two meatballs for you. We're going to start at the featured meatball. Arsenal on lock, the three-way money line meatballs. is plus 270, James. That's plus absurd. 270. That's just completely absurd. Manchester United is a minus 110 favorite. That's a meatball. That's all it is. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. We're gonna they're, get to the they're preview. thinking the bounce. They're thinking the bounce bounce boys. Yeah, I mean, are gonna play the hits. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we set the tone with the Laos bounce bounce. But this is just a boy. This is just one boy. You need to have a partner to bounce with. Not sure Manchester United have that. Uh, my other meatball, James. It's just been I've been feasting on these um, alternate spread for Chelsea minus two and a half goals. Have them winning by three. Against Watford at plus two fifty, sure, it's just happening sure. all the time. And my uh, lock of the week is going to be West Ham at home against Brighton uh, after Graham Potter just probably upset everybody. So I like that at minus one fifteen. <laughs> West Ham, of course, I think is the uh, the best team, not in the top three. Well, not just by the table, but as a team. Uh, right now, certainly on form. It's pretty so, good. Like that is my lock. It's pretty good. Yeah. How are you? Speaking of United Arsenal, Prem de la Prem Bowl, how are you on form, degenerate district wise? Pretty good. After last after last time around, um, the um, what's it called? Yeah, the only the only game I lost in the last. Um, well, I guess I lost my. I threw an Eddie Howe at the end. Mm-hmm. And they ended up drawing. Yeah, that so was, I lost that one. That was a vibe ball. check. That was a vibe. That, yeah, that was a heat check. But the only one I lost was Arsenal winning at Anfield as a donkey, but that's a donkey. I uh, right. hit my lock, hit my other couple ones, and my lock was a pretty decent one, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay, and I also bet on uh, Kepka to beat DeChambeau. <laughs> lost all three uh, football <laughs> games on Thursday, though. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that's just full disclosure of where I'm at. So the okay. overall books don't look great. I think that's important, though, because okay. I, I think your performance in other sports subconsciously influences how you bet on the Premier League. Totally, and, totally. It's going to it's going to determine whether or not I'm um I'm chasing the dragon basically. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't love it. I don't love it, but we're imperfect beings. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not excluded from that. Oh yeah, I locked uh I locked Chelsea over over Leicester in match yep. week 12. Yep. And that one went went swimmingly, James. But yeah, should we round it out with a little P de la P bowl? Prem de la Prem Bowl. Yeah. So it falls on a Thursday. Patrick's already Great. planning on... We're, we're, in, we're in safe company here, right? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be watching the game. Yeah. Blocked out your schedule. I'm yeah. going to be a game time call. It's a condensed week. It's a condensed week for me in the sense that all the shit from last week is now in this... Well, I guess that's for everyone. But uh, I don't know if... Yeah. Point being, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little sly window up. We're gonna see what we can do, and then we're gonna run it right into a sode. 
maybe a Thursday night sewed going into the Friday. So we get peak reaction. I, I think it oftentimes we're we're a little too level headed when we come into these pods. So you're gonna get you're gonna get James and Patrick uncorked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be it, a treat. Yeah. Either way, no matter what happens. And no one you 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 can't possibly have an idea of of what is going to happen because you don't know what you're getting out of Manchester United exactly uh, at all. You don't know if there's going to be a bounce. You don't know if it's going to be chaos. You don't know if it's going to be. Well, it probably will be chaos, but you don't know if they're going to be fired up. Old Trafford form terrible, but they might be on a beam. Yeah, the fans might be really up mm-hmm. for this game too. Mm-hmm. You know, fans could be really up for this game. And Arsenal on you know they're 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 getting the results, but I don't think they're really. They're not really smacking too many teams around in this good. They're run not form, dazzling, so. but they're yeah. also solid. They're solid, yeah. So it's just a, um, yeah, maybe it's a little, yeah. I I really don't know what to make of this game, James. But mm-hmm. you know, I love I love the position obviously that Arsenal are in. Uh, you know, I think that we mentioned those three teams that are clear, and then on points, you know, Arsenal are level with West Ham in fourth. So you know where, where where else could I really expect Arsenal to be? Yeah, uh, this is probably the peak of it. Uh, but yeah, I really need a little bit more from open play. I'm interested to see what kind of lineup we go for. Really, it seems to be um, the decisions right now: Tavares versus Tierney out on the left, uh, Odegaard or Lacazette. And I'd really, really like um, Laconga to get a break. Uh, I just think he's just a little bit off the pace. I was watching the, the highlights the and I was. Thinking, I'd love for him to get a game. Yeah, That'll he's just it. a yeah, he's just a little little. I mean, he's 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 learning. We'll put it that way. He's sure. learning, and he's he's definitely got quality in 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 his in his game. But yeah, I just I don't know that he's all the way there yet. You know, I prefer got Maitland Niles over it. Oh, no, I, ooh, I, I want Maitland Niles. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. obviously, yeah. Um, it won't be El Nene. It will not be El Nene. No, it'll be it'll, it will be Lakanga. Uh, but I'd like for it to be Maitland Niles. Understood. Understood. What do you want? What are your What are your hopes and aspirations? McGuire's back in the team, baby. Hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. After Lindelof and Baye essentially gave themselves enough of a uh, runway to start another game, but if you give Baye, if if you get your hopes up on Baye, you get upset. So don't do that. McGuire's coming back into the team. Reason's gonna prevail. Surely he's had enough time to think about what he's done. Luke Shaw, we're going to put that guy in a permanent concussion tent, monitor him 24-7. I, I love Tellez. I love his crosses. I don't think he's a defender. So I think we'll put Luke Shaw back in. And then the rest is really up for grabs. I, I like I like, I like keeping with some form of 4-2-3-1, which mm-hmm. is not, which is, you know, essentially how we play. But I think the way we act when we don't have the ball is going to be very telling is going to be very telling. And the problem is if you, you know, Rangnick talks about um, getting the ball to the forwards as much as po- as quickly as possible. And I'm like, Oh, so the way Bruno plays. Um, but the problem is you have McTominay and Fred who are not great passers of the ball. So I'd love to see, I would, I would love to see Van de Beek um, in one of those pivot positions. And then the million dollar question. I think I think Rashford and Stan, Sancho deserve to keep their places on the wings. A million dollar question is who you got through the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ronaldo, Cavani, option number three, Greenwood. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be back. Just kind of. He's going to be back. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this game. I think if you gotten um, if Chelsea had taken all three points, I think this game would have been a, a bigger game for United. I could. I'm, I'm looking at United's schedule. I feel like they're going to find themselves a bit in December. They're coming out of this game with uh, Palace, a game, a meaningless game against Young Boys. Maybe not meaningless, but a game you should win with the second team, and that's all you need to do to get. Uh, first in the division, I think, right? No, we're already locked in. So you already we'll, locked we'll in play first? second team. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Then yeah, meaningless game. Then you got Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Villa. You got a, you got a run ahead of you. Um, so this is kind of the tasty run of fixtures. We talked about November being that trying time for for Manchester United, and of course it was. So I think. I'm I'm hoping obviously that Arsenal can get get it done, but I think mm-hmm. that if you see Manchester United. Get all three points here for the first time in 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 six matches. Would it be James? I think you're gonna you're gonna set six. yourself up for you know vibes of vibes of C times two, maybe with a little <laughs> little little sprinkle of tactics in now there. Now with added uh, vibes, yeah. Now with added vibes, uh, but no, it's gonna be a good one. It's Fantastic. gonna be a good one. And the fun part is, James. I hope you press because we're going to play out of the back, and that's when this that's when the that's when you should everyone everyone get the popcorn ready if they're pressing. If United's pressing and Arsenal's playing out of the back, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to get wide open. That game's going to get wide open, and oh. I'm, I'm excited for it. I kind of hope for a wide open game. Yeah, I'd you, up you play out the back game, for I'd, better or I'd, worse, I'd, yeah. but you've gotten way better at it. Uh, another Rangnickism. He says, "Don't ever pass back to the goalkeeper because why would you have the worst technical player on the field make passes for you?" So. <laughs> That's going to put our defenders in a pretzel because that's one of our favorite moves. <laughs> oh, it's going to be oh, a fun man. one, Patrick. And we cannot wait to take you all along for the Fireworks. ride with us after the fact. You got a prediction? We need predictions. I see a draw. I was going to say 1 1. I see a draw. I don't see Arsenal winning. I don't see Arsenal winning. Famous last words. I, it just it just feels strange, but I at the same time I cannot in good conscience just sit here and be like United victory because I have no fucking clue what to expect out of our team these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. gonna land and I'm just gonna take the coward's draw. Arsenal's gonna be up for it. Arsenal's gonna be up for it. But I, I'm I'm yeah, sure they will be. United, I think United will match it. I'm excited. I'm sure I really think be. it'll be a good game. I, th- I don't know what kind of a game, but I quality think wise, good. you think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be an entertaining game yeah. <laughs> for neutral. So in the sense that the Chelsea United game was an entertaining game. I thought that was an entertaining game. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a little spice to it. Right, right. I just want a little spice to it. Give mm-hmm. me a little spice okay. to it. Yeah. Arteta was winding up the crowd. He got in Klopp's face. Like, I think we're ready that for... That was good. Arteta's was good. waiting for his moment. Like, he needs a moment. And I think he's he's a guy that seeks his moment and prepares his moment. You know what I mean? Like, I think Wednesday night... Well, he was supposed to shower, have his moment when he beat us at Old Trafford last season in what was a terrible game. But that was like his like Arteta has arrived moment, and then he kind of blew it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he's he he's on a crescendo right now. Like there was a, <laughs> he cracks me up because uh, he because I feel like he's still trying to like figure out who he is as a manager. But Aubameyang like did a slide tackle to like yeah. stop a, a you know long clearance or whatever, and he went to the went to the crowd and did the you know the Simone you know get everyone hyped up for the blo- the striker block. He's all, he's taking a little bit of everyone's book right now. Isn't I know, he? I know. He's figuring out who he is. He's figuring out who he is, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Arteta's at the wheel. Let's mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped. 
All right, folks, we will check back in with you after the game on Thursday. Just to recap how it all goes down, one of us will be crying. One of us will be celebrating. Can you define Prem de la Prem in a better sentence? Until next time, on behalf of Patrick, we're excited to be back post-Thanksgiving. This is James sending us out. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life. Okay, now we want to do the um, the whoa woes. I think it's the whoa woes time. Okay. Let me just get a quick Charlie Puth listen real yeah, quick. Yeah, give me my give me my pitch. <laughs> just, just Google Charlie Puth. <laughs> I'm surely there's a faster way to get there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where this fits. But okay, I'll fast forward here. You think it's like around one minute? One forty-one. Okay. Said. Uh. In a better place. Uh. Yeah. How can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Standing there by my side. It's at the end of this. Caress. Yeah, this was like. Let's put proof on the map. Yeah. Get your Zane ready. <laughs> We're going high. Oh,